We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Thursday, August 24th, and we're continuing our NFL DFS primer series. Today we'll be talking a little bit about showdown, the showdown format. So hit that thummy thumbs, hit the thumbs, hit the ups and the downs and the sideways and the subscribes, hit the notification bell. Always know when we go live. Got a MLB today, 1240 crunch time. Also, the, the main slate at 5 o'clock, Grinders Live, 630 crunch time later tonight. That's for MLB. Tomorrow, we'll be uh, previewing the uh, the MMA UFC Singapore card, which is a 5 a.m. card on Saturday. So uh, get your lineups in early. We'll be doing that tomorrow. Then uh, next week, continuing on the NFL DFS Primer Series with uh, the tools here. At Roto Grinders, this week has been more of a macro strategy type of uh, type of type of feel, and, and next week we'll go into micro stuff and using the tools here at Roto Grinders to build plus EV lineups for the upcoming NFL season. You got any questions about any of this? Any macro strategy for for NFL DFS or the tools here at Roto Grinders? Send them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. That's questions at theoryofdfs.com. I will be answering that. James will be back next week on Monday as well. But uh, today I wanted to touch upon showdown. Okay, because we talked about the three levers of DFS this week. Projection, correlation, leverage. You know, the macro strategy of all daily fantasy sports. Of course, you could find more in-depth education about those concepts in the theory of daily fantasy sports. How to think like a professional DFS player. 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, as well as the Advanced Player's Guide with the Custom Excel Tools. Another 10 chapters of audio. You can find them both at theoryofdfs.com. <clears throat> but this week, we talked about projection, correlation, leverage. As it applies 
primarily to the, the main classic slate. You play on Sundays, right? It's 12 games, whatever. But uh, NFL Showdown is very popular also, especially the, the island games. Sunday night game, Monday night game, Thursday night game. I know, especially the Thursday night game. Sometimes that Thursday night game ain't a very good game. You better have some showdown lineups in if you want to sit down and watch one of those games on Thursday. But showdown strategy from a macro standpoint adds kind of another lever, like kind of this duplication-ish type of lever because there's only so there's only so many options that you can make. There's only so many lineup combinations that are possible. On a 12-game NFL slate, classic, Dude, I, I, you don't even, I, I don't, I barely would even consider. Is my lineup going to be duped? But on Showdown, that's that's an insane high priority. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to have a unique lineup. But the more your lineup is duplicated, the more and more EV it loses. Okay? So if you have a lineup that is unique, and still has a good enough win probability, that, that's what you're aiming for. If it's duped two or three times, that may be okay. Five or six times, I don't know, maybe fine. If you're playing lineups that are duped 40, 50, 100 times, we see sometimes in showdowns, lineups duped 600 times. Oh, you came in first and tied, and you got you got $800. Like, that's not, you can't be profitable playing in that way. Maybe nice, you played that one lineup in that one time, but you cannot be long-term profitable by playing lineups that are duplicated that much that you're sacrificing so much EV to share, to share money, to share equity with the field. So in showdown, we add this like, like duplication lever. And this happens in, in MMA. This happens in PGA, the small field, the small, like the invitational type of tournaments when there's only like 28 golfers. This happens on two, even two game slates, even, even, even Thanksgiving, three game NFL slates. Two game, you know, two game, three game afternoon slates, stuff like that. You have to think in terms of okay, projection, leverage, ownership, correlation. But you also have to think of like how how likely is my lineup to be duped? And from a macro standpoint, your your lineup is more likely to be duped when the own the ownership of the lineup is high and the salary of the lineup is high as well. And you're spending all of your 50K. 49.7, right? And why is, why, why is the salary a byproduct of duplication very heavily? If you analyzed lineups in, in Showdown, in these large field contests, 100,000 plus entries, you'd see like a hockey stick when it comes to likelihood of duplication as your salary goes up exponentially towards the end. So like a 45K lineup, duplication factor is pretty low. The difference between a 45K and a 45-1 lineup, not that much different, right? Duplication factor is still very low. Even at 48K, 48.5, yeah, it's up. It's It starts moving up, but the difference between a 48.5 lineup and a 48.6 lineup, probably not that big of a difference. But once you start getting up into the 49,000s, then it gets exponentially higher and higher. So 49-2 lineup, 49-3 lineup, 49-4 lineup, 5, 6, you know, once you get to 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, like all the way up to 50K, it gets, gets starts getting dramatically higher.
It doesn't mean you can't find unique lineups. It's going to be hard. It doesn't mean you can't find lineups that are only duped three times that spend 49-8. You can, but there's just much less of them. That's why a lot of people sometimes it's just like, I'm just going to play lineups that leave 2,000 on the table. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about it. Of course, the less salary that you have in your lineup, most likely your projection goes down as well. Right? Salary and projection tends to go together. The higher price players are typically projected better from a raw point standpoint. Right? Some people take it too far the other way. I'm going to play, I'm going to play, I'm going to play all the, the 2K guys in showdown. I'm going to play Brock Wright and Jody Fortson. I'm going to play. I'm going to play six guys that are, and, and leave 40,000 on the table. Well, your projection is garbage. I mean, if we, we take a look at, I mean, I'm taking a look at the Lions Chiefs, the slate that we have here in the seventh in lineup HQ, obviously with like kind of, I wouldn't go, the projections will be updated by then. Don't worry about it. But like the optimal from a mean standpoint is 99.42. Like if you're playing a lineup that has a projection of 20, yeah, it's a unique, but it, I, I don't know. I don't know if that ever wins. If it ever wins, right? So you have to balance that. It's not. It's not just playing lineups that are unique. It's playing lineups that are less duplicated, but still well enough projected to win first place in a showdown. And correlation in showdown is also important in two regards. Correlation is a double-edged sword in showdown. And the concepts that you need to apply to correlation may seem counterintuitive, okay? So what do we know about correlation in general when it comes to just classic places like if you're game stacking? The more points that are scored in the game, right, the more that players are doing well, the more likely that other players in the game are also doing well. Now on a, on a 12 game classic slate, that leads us to, well, let me game stack. Let me team stack. Let me, you know, you're not playing everyone from the game in your lineup, but quarterback, two pass catchers, two guys from the other side, you can play four or five from the same game. In showdown, you only have six slots, right? You got a captain slot and five flex spots. And it's only one game. It's everyone's from the same game. Right? It's impossible not to game stack in showdown. You have to. You're, you're, you're guaranteed to. You have to play at least one guy from each side. Right? 5-1, You got to do something like that. So as the total is higher, as more points are scored, correlation, because players are correlated to each other, and certain players may be more correlated to each other, wide receivers and quarterbacks, running backs and DSTs to some extent. The more points that are scored, the more likely correlated lineups will score more points. The less points that are scored in the game, the less likely that happens. So if the if the game, if this Chiefs-Lions game is 42 to 35, you're much more likely to see lineups that have correlated players. That's a wide receiver and the captain, a quarterback and the flex, another wide receiver, like the, the, that it looks like, oh, it look. there's a wide there's two wide receivers that put up 28 points. So obviously the quarterback's correlated to that. So 
that quarterback's more likely to be in the lineup. There's a chief running back on the other side. Like you're more likely to see lineups that make sense. If you want to put it that way, makes sense in that regard. If the game's 10 to six, not many people are scoring much, right? Not many people at all. So the lineup that the lineups that that do well in those scenarios are lineups that, I mean, they could they could have almost no correlation, like very little to each other. You just like a mix mix of six guys that don't seem to. This doesn't seem to fit, right? There's a defense, the opposing quarterback, the backup, the second running back of the other team, and a two hundred dollar wide receiver that happened to catch the only touchdown of the entire game, and he's the third tight end. And you look at that and you go, wow, I can, I don't know if I could ever build that lineup. Well, yeah, on a, in a lower scoring game, those lineups benefit. Those types of lineups benefit. In higher scoring games, more correlated lineups benefit. Now, a lot of people think of this and they go, well, uh, the Chiefs-Lions is a 54 and a half total. That seems like a high scoring game. I'm going to build more correlated lineups. Yeah, but other people are thinking this also, right? In high-scoring games, the amount of correlated lineups, more correlated lineups, there are in the contest is going to be higher. There's going to be less lineups that build as if it's going to be a 10-6 to game. So you could take advantage of that, leverage-wise. And vice versa. We have some Thursday night games where the total is going to be 37 and a half. You're going to look at this game and go, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to sit through this. It's going to be Browns versus Bears or something. 37 and a half. Well, those games, they're going to, you're going to see the defenses and kickers be a lot higher owned. You're not, you're not going to see as you're going to see more, you're going to see more mishmashy type of lineups because it's not expected to be a shootout. Well, those you could take advantage of from an ownership standpoint of playing Lineups as if it's going to be a shootout. You have to balance that. Remember, in DFS, it's not about predicting what's going to happen. It's about building profitable lineups that have more of a chance of winning than what the field is is building. Right? Oh, well, only 20% of the time this game goes good only... The Chiefs Lions game only is, imagine the game is 17 to 13. Right? Not really low, but still only 30 points scored. Maybe that happens 20% of the time. But like if only 5% of the lineups are building for that, then that would be profitable, even though it only happens 20% of the time. I can tell you that this game could score over 55 points 60% of the time. But if 80% of the lineups are building that way, then it may be more profitable to build lineups that are less correlated, right? Correlate, correlation benefits you. When one player does well, the other play, you know, the other player does well. When one player does badly, the other player does badly. But in lower scoring games, especially, you could kind of throw out the, those correlation rules. And, it's, and, and with high ownership, you could also do that, the same thing. A lot of people in showdown, don't play two running backs from the same team, right? These running back by committee type of things, two or three running backs. They'll go and they'll go, well, I can't play, I can't play Isaiah Pacheco 
and Clyde Edwards a Hilaire in the same lineup. Because they're not going to be on the field together. I can't and Jarek McKinnon's there also. I can't play, I can't play two of these people. Like if Pacheco's doing well, probably McKinnon's not on the field. Right? Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who knows? He may only come in for he may only get seven or eight touches. If anything, Clyde Edwards Hilaire steals a goal line touchdown from Pacheco. So you're like, oh, I'm not going to play CEH and Pacheco together. Well, what happens if it's a game where where the Chiefs score four rushing touchdowns? Pacheco has two and Edwards Alaire has one. Mahomes runs one in. Next thing you know, for the price at 3,600, CEH says, you know, sitting there with 10, 11 points. And Pacheco also has 18 points. Yeah, they're negatively correlated. Yes. That doesn't mean they can't both get there, value-wise. just means it's less likely to happen. The thing is, is that the field may may view it more towards, oh, I can't possibly play these two people together. So the amount of lineups that are in your contest, 100,000 entries. Maybe from an optimal standpoint, both of those players will appear in the optimal lineup 6% of the time together. But the field is only owning them together at 3%. Well, then maybe it's more beneficial to build a lineup that has both the running backs together. But they're negatively correlated. Yes. You're mitigating the negative correlation with positive leverage. You should be viewing DFS in the, in the, in the, in the scope of these levers. You got these levers in front of you, right? You're at a factory or something. You're at a tractor or whatever that has levers. It's like, well, I can't just use one lever, right? I got to have a balance of all of the levers. And as one lever goes up, another lever goes down. You can't get all the levers going up. You can't, I go in a high projected lineup that's low owned and correlated and not duplicated. Like those don't exist, people, right? I'm going to play the highest projected lineup and hope that no one else plays it. Now, I guarantee you it's going to be duplicated 300 times. Minimum. In a large field contest. So you can't you can't do that. So you have to find a balance of all of them. And you have to consider all of them individually and how they affect one another. So some of the most profitable lineups on like this Chiefs Lions game, which projects obviously 54 and a half points, would be a lineup that benefits, maybe play the defenses. Defenses and kickers, they'll be lower owned than they should be. Probably. I don't know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As well as uh, lineups that leave salary on the table and are less correlated. A lot of people, they play a wide receiver and the captain. They're like, well, if the wide receiver goes off, then the quarterback did well. That's correlation. Yeah, but what happens if the other quarterback actually does better? And from a salary dynamic, you can't fit all these people in. So it's quite possible that the, the winning lineup, the optimal lineup, as the wide receiver has, has Amon Ross St. Brown in the captain, but not golf. And has Patrick Mahomes in the flex. Because Patrick Mahomes scored 26 points and golf only scored 20. But Amon Ra had 10 9 for 100 with two touchdowns or something. That's possible. People go into lineup HQ or something and they build rules. They go, oh, if that's if Amon Ross St. Brown's in the lineup, gotta have Jared Goff. That that's positive correlation. That is that is you have a benefit there. What's the trade-off? You that correlation lever that's coming up. What lever's coming down? That duplication lever is starting to come down. Right? You're gonna go there. I'm gonna I'm gonna build the lineup that's 49, 800, 49, 900 that contains the top end wide receiver, quarterback, and no one under 20% owned, no one under 10% owned. Like good luck to you. You can't. You're not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be profitable long term with those lineups. You're just not. You're gonna be duplicated 174 times. And then you go, oh well, I'll do a two v two of that, and that lineup's duplicated 128 times. Remember, these are large contests, 100,000 entries. Duplication goes through the roof. So you really, you really have to pay attention to it. How likely is your lineup to be duplicated and by how much? Another fallacy that 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 people have in showdown is with the captain position. The captain position is most likely, most likely, going to be the person that puts up the most amount of points. Raw points. Now, obviously, we get certain situations where guys are way expensive. So, if they put up 19 and, then, and a 6K guy puts up 17, you probably want the 6K guy a captain, right? But for the most part, captains are ones that score the most points. And a lot of people go and they go, I'm going to throw in, I'm going to throw in the Sam Laporta in captain. I'm going to, I mean, he at least has a seven point projection, but they go down. I'm going to have Craig Reynolds in the cap or something. No one's going to do that. It's like, yeah, it also has a very, 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 very little win probability. And an even more important factor that people forget is that if you're going to play a low-owned captain, how many lineups does that actually represent? And how much salary are you playing in your lineup? Because I will see plenty of times. I do the, the Roto-Grinders shows for Monday night or Thursday night football. And people will be like, I'm going to go, I'm going to play, they're going to go down to low end. I'm going to play Josh Reynolds in the cap, right? Take a look at his projection, 
2,800. I'm going to play him in the captain, right? So they plug in Reynolds and they go, dude, Reynolds is going to be like, Reynolds is going to be 1% owned in the captain spot, dude. 1% owned captain. Dude, I'm going to win that million or 500,000 or whatever it is. I'm going to win it unique. Who's doing this? A 1% owned captain at 2,800. And you know what else they do? They throw in, they go, well, I'm going to play Reynolds at captain, and then I'm going to fill out number Holmes, Goff, Pacheco, Montgomery, Brown. They put together this 49-4 lineup that projects for 98.86, which is like a point below, like, optimal mean based on our current projections. They go, I have a 49-4 lineup that I have a 1% owned captain. They'd look at that 1% like as a one, it's a one, the integer, one, low, it's low. You're playing a contest with 100,000 entries. What's 1% of 100,000? It's a thousand, that's a thousand lineups that have Josh Reynolds at the captain. Okay. And because he's only 2,800, you could fit in like anyone you want. I mean, like you, you, you have both quarterbacks, Amon Ross, St. Brown. You, I mean, like you could do you could do anything you want. So if you're going to fill up all your salary, you're going to play this lineup with a 1% owned captain, right? There's a thousand lineups. And you're going to put on like, like Mahomes, Goff, Brown, Pacheco, Montgomery. This is beautiful. Josh Reynolds scores two touchdowns. I'm gold. They go check and they see that their lineup is duplicated 86 times. They go, but I have a 1% on captain. But it's still a 1,000 lineups. And most of the people that are playing Josh Reynolds, the 1,000 lineups, well, they're going to, why wouldn't you be jamming in projection and spending most of your salary? That's what happens in general. And you go, why is this lineup so duplicated? Because that that's exactly why it is. If you're going to play a cheap captain, which is a long shot as it is, Right, because typically the captain's going to be one of the one one of, if not the highest raw point scorer. You need to, in order to get away from being duplicated, even with a one percent on captain, you're going to have to change. Like I'm going to take Amon Ross St. Brown and I'm going to play Marvin Jones instead, and leave forty six hundred on the table. But of course, now your projection is eighty six point four three. Your projection goes down twelve points doing that. This lineup, now you could play it. But you, then, you, then you go like, well, uh, well, I don't even have the main guys in here. I have like, this This is not a great, yes. But this will make you less duplicated. This lineup may be unique. Out of the thousand lineups that have Josh Reynolds at the captain, maybe there's only three of these. Maybe. Maybe it's unique. Maybe you take Marvin Jones out and maybe, maybe you take out uh, uh, Isaiah Pacheco and he put in Mara Mar- Valley Scantling, and now you're leaving 6,000 on the table. Your projection is 80.66. Projection's going way down, but your ownership is also going way down. This is the type of lineup that you'd be pl- that you should be playing when you consider that duplication lever. If you're gonna play the cheap captain, which I'm not, I'm not a big fan of those lineups anyway. From a rejection standpoint, you don't you're not getting away from duplication enough as nowhere near enough as you think, unless you're gonna leave money on the table. 
unless you're also going to incorporate some other 2% owned player. You're going to look and you go, okay, well, I, okay, I can just jam in the best projected players. But instead of, uh, I mean, instead of David Montgomery in that spot, I'm going to play a, a 2% owned, uh, I mean, someone on the bottom. That would possibly, I mean, who knows? Richie James Jr. I don't know. Khalif Raymond. Someone on someone on KC. You're playing Jody Fortson now. I mean, your projection goes down and you're leaving 7,000 on the table. It's hard because look, you're spending all your, I mean, it's, it's hard. It's hard not to spend all your money. Instead of playing Mahomes in this spot, you're going to play, you play Kelsey, right? Or you have Jamar Gibbs here. At 8,200, maybe play him instead of Goff, and you play no quarterbacks in your in your in your lineup. 48. Now you're leaving 2,000 on the table. Like this is the way you have to think. But people plug in these cheap captains, and they go, "Well, I'm good. Gold, one percent owned captain. 0.5 percent owned in the captain spot. Let's go, Josh Reynolds. That's 500 lineups." Or more. Some of these contests are 120, 150,000 entries. So now you have 1,200, 1,500 lineups for 1%. Oh, half a percent. Well, now you're down to 500, 600 lineups. And most of those lineups look like your lineups. You play five of those and you go, why were all five of my lineups? I duplicated more than 50 times. How is that possible? Yet, there'll be a unique lineup that has Patrick Mahomes in the captain that wins. You'll go, well, I played a 2% on captain. I played a 1% on captain. I played a half. Why, why is the 28% on captain, why, why was there a unique lineup or a lineup that was only duped like two or three times? Because there's a lot more cheap players available that could fit into those lineups. So let's say you played Patrick Mahomes in the captain and you go, okay, well, that's obvious. Now you don't have that much money to spend, right? Maybe you still play, maybe you still play golf. And you still play Reynolds, this lineup. And maybe you still even, you still even play, uh, you can't, I don't know if you could fit in Kelsey, but you play by MVS or something. All this scaling. You play McKinnon, pass out of the backfield. Right? Now you're stuck. Now you have 8,500 left. And your natural inclination is to pl- click on Jamar Gibbs. You go, well, look, I have a 49-7 lineup that projects for uh, 91. Yeah, this lineup is going to be duped. 10, 20, 30 times. I mean, like none of these guys are going to be like under under 10% owned. Right? But if you take out Jamar Gibbs and and leave money on the table and play play one play the kicker, Riley Patterson instead, and you leave what is that? 4,300 on the table. This lineup may only be duped, may not even be unique, but may only be duped twice even with Patrick Mahomes in the captain, because there's a lot more cheaper players that can fit into lineups. And if you're going to fit cheaper players into your lineups anyway, why are you wasting one of them in the captain spot? Like I showed before with Josh Reynolds. Well, I can't play Josh Reynolds and use all my salary. I got to leave 5K on the table. So you need, so you need Josh Reynolds to also be the top scorer and also not be able to play all the other guys also. I'd much rather play Patrick Mahomes the captain and then then leave 5,000 on the table because I could find less duplicated lineups because we have all these Brock Wrights and James Mitchells and Richie James and Noah Grays and 
Lions defenses and Rashad Rasheed Rice and who knows? You have a lot more options to plug in, a lot more combinations available to you. That spend like 47, 48,000, 49,000 even. There aren't that many combinations when you plug in Josh Reynolds or some cheap guy into the captain without also leaving 8,000 on the table. And then your projection, you look at the lineups, the lineups between you, like your Reynolds lineups and your Mahomes captain lineups, your Mahomes captain lineups, they actually have higher projection, even though you're leaving the same amount of money on the table. It's like, if I'm, if I'm going to have the same projection, if I'm going to have a, if I'm going to have the same duplication factor in two lineups and, uh, and I'm going to leave four or five K on the table. Why do I want to take the, the lineups that are, that are, Eight points lower projected, right? The Reynolds lineups and the Patrick Mahomes captain lineups. People get so focused around low-owned captains and don't think in terms of the entire lineup, and don't think in terms of how many lineups does that actually represent. If I plug in the cheap captain, oh, well, oh I can I can play anyone I want. I can play all the best players, and there's like twenty combinations of all the best players. Like yeah, and you'll see all of them. And the thousand lineups that have that guy in the captain. And when you win, you'll come, you'll have a 36-way tie and wonder how 35 other people came up with the same lineup. Like, yeah, well, that's what happens. What else are you gonna do? So I just that's why today I just wanted to touch on this this duplication lever. Obviously, throughout the entire course of the season, we'll be talking this concept all the time when it comes to showdowns and this season, I'll be on, on Monday shows and on Thursday shows, we'll be talking. We'll, we will be talking some showdowns. So if you got, if you got any questions about this, this concept showdown, any of the concepts this week, projection, correlation, leverage, combinatorics. If you want to throw that in, it's somewhere part of the duplication type of lever, right? These are like little clutches, not one of the three main levers. You got any questions about any of those? Submit them to the show, questions at theoryofdfs.com. And obviously, if you want, I, I talked extensively about these subjects. Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, as well as the advanced players course, 10 additional chapters of audio, and custom Excel tools for you to use that I do throughout the, the NFL season. <clears throat> it, ha- it has a duplication predictor in it. You could You could... Download and export the the projections from Lineup HQ. The you know player projections, ownership, salary, and plug it in, and then plug in build lineups in Lineup HQ, and then export those and plug them in, and it'll it'll predict a kind of like median median uh, duplication factor. How often is this lineup duplicated from a median standpoint based on the ownership? Obviously, if you're plugging in a you know two percent owned player. So it's like, oh, this is unique. And then if he comes in at 20% owned, obviously it's not you that line ain't gonna be unique anymore. Ownership is 10 times more than what was predicted for the for what you plugged in as the ownership. So you can get all of this at theoryofdfs.com. We got baseball today, right? We got MMA coming up. I'll be talking first look for the 5 a.m. Singapore. I'm not waking up for that. I'm telling you already. I'm building my lineups the night before, and if and I hope and hope to hell that no one no one late scratched or something like that an hour before before lock or whatever. Just whatever. 
But we'll be talking about that tomorrow. Hit that thummy thumb button. Give me the thummy thumbs on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. And submit your questions. We're still talking NFL DFS next week. Questions at theoryofdfs.com because that's what I do here. You ask questions, I have answers. Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. 